0: everyone hi welcome to my sister made me view it books edition covering the end of brandon sanderson's the way of kings chapters 69 70 71 72 73 74 in this week's reading somebody finally points at something and
1: says that's a void breaker (laughs) and dalinar didn't die Anyway, welcome i Did you say yet? To- <laughs> I'm, I'm being mean to you. I'm being mean to you. You are being mean to me. Too. After I read the whole Hi, everyone. book. Hey, Emily. Because you asked me to. Hey Emily! Oh, it so good. It was 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 amazing. I can't believe it. Oh my goodness. So you liked it. I loved it. Oh my gosh.
0: Um, uh, I want to tell you guys the best thing that happened while Emily was reading. <laughs> so we're going through it and she's like, but if the desolation starting again, Doesn't that mean the Heralds have to come back and announce it? Like, wouldn't that mean the cycle started over and they'd be free of torture and that town guy would be back? And I was like, I mean, I guess. And then, Emily, what happens on the last page? (laughs) He came back!
1: (laughs) I'm such a genius. You are so smart. It Um, only took me... The whole book to put all the clues together.
0: (laughs) But look at you now. Look at at you now. All right. We're going to start with, and listen, I'm not even going to guess how long it's going to take us to record tonight. Yeah. But I figure if you listen it this far, you're as big of a fan as we are. So you're going to enjoy this. Buckle
1: in, (laughs) buckaroo. So we're going to start with justice. Justice. Justice was not served. I'm very upset about that, actually. Okay. Saddiest is a horrible person we knew this he's a horrible person and also alive and also alive and a liar and everyone comes back and there's no blood on their uniforms and they go oh you're so excited i want to read the
0: epigraph first sorry (laughs) okay (laughs) here we go all is withdrawn for me i stand against the one who saved my life i protect the one who killed my promises i raise my hand the storm responds. Tanatan 1173, 18 seconds pre-death. Mm-hmm. A dark-eyed mother of four in her 62nd year. <laughs>
1: dun, dun, dun. Anyway, uh, we have some Navani point of view first. We have some Navani. She has heard rumors that something has happened, and she is like, nope, 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 nope. I'm going to go straight to the source. Nope, nope, nope. I do not believe this. Nope, nope, nope. And she takes off without her attendance not on a palanquin she just like runs okay i hate sadius okay she's the qu- she's the king's mother she's the queen she's the wife queen okay whatever she was married to the king she has power and sadius makes her wait until she can be announced yeah
0: boo what? because oh uh, there's a moment where she's like, what would Sadius
1: do if I just started screaming? Yeah. If I just started yelling, like where he was. And he's like, she, I mean, she goes and asks for an explanation. Like, please tell me this isn't true. Please tell me Dalinar has not fallen. Because that is the rumor that's going through, is that all of Dalinar's forces have fallen. He's dead. And Sadeus is like, oh, I wanted to give you this yourself. I didn't want you to find out that the Parshendi ripped him apart and carried him shard blade by shard... Yeah, I saw them. I saw them take hammers. And I found def- a whole thing.
0: First, <laughs> <laughs> Andy flew over me and blasted a Davinar with his laser vision. <laughs> um, Renarin is there as well. <gasps> Renarin
1: is there as well, and he is just—I can't even think of the right word for it. Overwhelmed is not the right word, but he is just—he's hit with the gravity of what this means he and, and is the high prince and then nivani goes no he's not he's only the high prince if i believe dalinar is dead
0: so um ha- now that we're finally seeing a scene from inside nivani's head mm-hmm. what do you think of her as a character i love her great she's we're on, <laughs> so, so, so relieved her. you guys <laughs> emily's like i don't trust her and i'm like that's like your opinion man <laughs> <laughs> And after Sadius
1: gives her the news, what does she start to do? She starts creating, uh, what, a glyph? Is that what it is? It's like, I say a painting, but it's like 20 feet long, and people have to keep bringing her ink, and she's creating one called Justice. Okay, here's the thing, here's the thing. I was like, why would she create something called Justice when I would think that she would create something called, like sorrow or you know mourning or something like that but she realizes okay so remember how Kaladin had the
0: prayer glyphs tied onto his arm mm-hmm. and throughout the book we've mentioned that prayers you write them down and then you burn them so the almighty hears them mm-hmm. and I think Shalon poked some fun at Capsule uh, about that earlier um, but the uh, what she did is Navani got burn ink and she drew a prayer, a giant prayer on the ground mm-hmm. and then set it on fire because the ink, the red
1: ink is designed to burn. Yeah. So here's the thing is that she realizes that Sadius had all the bridges when she looks at the lumber yard. She realizes that Delanar hadn't brought any and that I think is what pushes her to create this yeah. to call down justice.
0: I am the knight. So I asked her how to say her name. It's (laughs) LaMerie. So my artist friend LaMerie painted this scene, and I'm trying to find it because it's
1: incredible. But she talked about what was a prayer if not creation, making something when nothing existed, creating a wish out of despair, a plea out of anguish, bowing one's back before the Almighty, and forming humility from the empty pride of human life something from nothing, true creation. And she has thrown herself into this. I feel like with Fabriel making, it's a little neater, um, you know, like more tinkering and there's like machine pieces you can put together, but she has thrown herself into this and like her tears are mixing with the ink and she has ink everywhere and she's keeps, you know, calling for more and she's making this huge thing and people are just watching her being like, what the heck?
0: It's not, It's not tagged, Navani. Okay, (laughs) this might be it. Oh, it's so good! So it is a picture of Navani kneeling with her four empty pots of ink. And it's the moment when the... Glyph is being set afire, and everyone around her is watching. And so we've got Stinky Sadius in his red shard plate, <laughs> and then we've got Renarin in his spectacles. His sad spectacles. Everyone is is watching, and as soon as she burns her prayer for justice, what we'll happens?
1: <gasps> <Delano's>
0: back! <David! laughs> back,
1: baby. This was so hard to read because Navani and Renarin were so upset and in mourning and i'm like no he's alive he's alive and i hated seeing them suffering because i was just like it won't be forever but oh you're
0: so sad right now okay so this is we were talking about this last week with tian's death Mm -hmm. that would you oh no not last week in the the episode we released this week Mm -hmm. is i had asked you is it better to know that he's gonna die and know that this bad thing is coming or would you like would have been better to be blindsided with it and We're talking about the suspense of something horrible coming—the bomb under the table. Mm -hmm. One of the great things about reading this chapter is you know Dalinar's okay, and you know Sadius is going to get his nose shoved in the mess he made
1: for justice. But guess what? Justice. Justice doesn't get served. They stand together, and Sadius is like, "Oh, Dalinar, I'm so sorry that. Yes, you're right. I want to."
0: I want to you real fast. You keep interrupting me. Can I just not have one nice Will thing? Will you keep
1: jumping too far ahead?
0: <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm trying to do things in okay you reasonable go order. First. You go first. How many of Dalinar's men are left? 2,600. Out of?
1: 8,000. Right. What is Dalinar wearing? His cracked and broken shard plate. And he... Okay, we learned something very cool about shard armor. Uh-huh. Because he lost one of the arm pieces. Gauntlets. Gauntlets. Yeah. And he mentions that it's not ideal, not just because he is missing it, but because if the Parshendi get it, they can grow a whole new piece of shard plate from it and create a whole thing. But if he keeps wearing, he's got Adolins on, if he keeps wearing it and they keep feeding it Storm-like. Yeah, so it doesn't matter,
0: like... Adolin's gauntlet has nothing to do with it. If they keep feeding the bigger mass of the shard plate set Stormlight, Mm -hmm. then his gauntlet will regrow. So, like, if you cut a if you cut a shard bearer in half, (laughs) and let's say you get the top half. If you keep feeding that Stormlight, it will regrow the legs. Okay. And so you may not have to kill a whole Shardbearer to get their stuff. You just have to steal enough of their plate or pieces of their plate and feed
1: it Stormlight. And you can grow your own Leonard Nimoy. Yes! Um... And he says that if they can keep doing that, then the piece that fell off will just disintegrate away and die, and the person yeah. won't be able to do anything about yeah, it. It's pretty magical,
0: it's huh? wonder wonder Bonnie and her artificer Fabrians, heart of Fabrians are having such a hard time recreating so shard plate.
1: Hard. But um They come in, they're like on their their Reishadium horses, and they're like going through town and
0: and Dalinar and Kaladin speak before he speaks to Sadius. Yes. Sorry, I know you want to get to the, <laughs> the stuff about the Sadius. Oh, and God. I'm so excited for you. All right. But Dalinar is like, you should, like, I'm sending the wounded back to camp. I'd like to send you as well. And Kaladin insists he's staying. And then, me too, said a hawk faced man at the side. Do you know who that is? Hawk face. It's Moash. <laughs> <laughs> so mean to me in the Bridgman that I like. I don't care that you like him. <laughs> <laughs> That's not.
1: <laughs> I don't care that you like him. you are got bad opinions. No, 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 no. You can like whoever you like. I'm not making fun of him because you like him. Right. I'm okay. just really enjoying yeah, my snap decision <laughs> judgment and mm-hmm. that I'm not changing it. Currently. Um all of the bridgemen decide to stay.
0: And then Dalinar goes to Well, Dalinar greets Renarin and Navati, of course. Yes. yes. And there's a bit where Emily giggled, and I said, Is that where Dalinar says, It appears I was very much missed? And Emily (laughs) goes,
1: Yes. (sighs) So he like tells Navani like I thought of you the whole time I thought I was dying and I've cared too much about what people have thought and I'm not gonna care anymore and I'm in love, I'm in love, I'm in love and I don't care who knows it happy, ever, happy, <laughs> ever, happy, ever, happy. Okay Emily. Del goes to talk. To goes to talk to Sadius, and Sadius is like Delinar, I'm so glad you're alive. <laughs> I was so worried about
0: you, but my men had to come first. You understand? You said this almost word for word when we recorded last. What did I say? You were like, Sadies is going to be like, oh, Delinar got attacked, and I had to worry about my men, and it was too dangerous." And you have the measure. I of this know man. this slimy
1: eel. Yeah, but he's like, I'm certain you understand. Basically, he says that. And so, like, they're just staring at each other, and Delinar's like, "Yes." i do understand and sadius like visibly is like
0: oh because okay emily you're saying what happens here isn't justice what would you have wanted to happen <sighs> to have sadius stabbed through the heart so for Dalinar to just out of nowhere take a knife Listen, and put it through sadius's i don't know i <laughs> yes
1: i mean that's what i want that would have thrown everything into chaos and i completely don't blame dalinar for not going up but i'm just like when i think justice i think like justice like Mm -hmm. decry this man and just say he abandoned he abandoned us he is a worm he should not be in charge and have sadius dethroned as the high prince and like put someone else over all of his stuff i wanted him dragged to the jail Uh in chains Uh humiliated in front of everyone and I didn't get it. You I didn't get Kaladin always. pushing anybody off a cliff. And I didn't get to shove anybody off a cliff. I don't get Sadius in chains. <laughs> Maybe someone will stab him in the next fucking <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> He's just so assured of himself that he's just like, I'm above all of this and I did this. Because it was for your own good. I yeah. wanted to give you a way out to go in a blaze of glory. Secure be- your legacy. Because you're going crazy. Everybody knows that. And I just didn't want you to like fade away into obscurity. I'm doing this because you are my friend. And I just wanted to be like, oh! So they have the,
0: the public talk with all their attendants. And then they ask all the attendants to step back. And then they really talk to each other yes. man to man. And that's when Sadius is like, I did it to preserve your reputation. Mm-hmm. And don't give a damn about my reputation.
2: Um,
0: so then, after that, when they start speaking loudly enough for everyone to hear, Dalinar's like, Well, I've had a long day. I'm going to go back to my camp. I'm going to take these Bridgemen
1: with me. Mm-hmm. And Sadius says, Nope. Because here's the thing Sadius knows that's Kaladin's troop. He is not showing it. He is conceal it, don't feel it, don't let it. Showing it right now. Oh, I
0: wanted to say one more thing. Yes, yes, yes. Sorry, this is the the Dalinar-Sadius conversation. Sorry, not one more thing. I wanted to go a little bit more into this. Dalinar is asking how long he's been planning this. And and Sadius says that he plans all the time, but he doesn't act on his options. And Mm -hmm. today he decided to. And Dalinar's asking, okay, if you wanted to get rid of me why didn't you pin the assassination on me Mm -hmm. the king has your like you have the king's ear and sadia says no one would have really believed it besides i think the king knows who it was that's right he said as much to me earlier
1: Mm
0: -hmm. and dalinar's thinking about this and dalinar snorted well you've shown me something today Sadius. shown it to me by the very act of trying to remove me and what was that Sadius asked amused You've shown me that I'm still a threat. So we cut to Kaladin's point of view during this. Kaladin's point
1: of view. just looks over at him. This is another, I yelled through so much of this, reading so much of it. I scared all the animals in the house. Matal is there. Matal is probably sweating bullets. Uh,
0: Kaladin says, they should have learned. They should have killed Kaladin at the start. They tried, he thought. They failed. And Kaladin is just waiting to see if Dalinar will live up to his promises. Oh, yeah, because
1: here's the thing. Because we're all like, yeah, Dalinar is going to live up to his promises, of course. But you got to remember, Kaladin has been with Bright Lord Roshone, who, you know, spitefully sent a 13-year-old boy to war. He's lived through Amaram's entire betrayal of Ugh. all of his people. Bright Lord is the way he runs his camps and everything, and how he just left Dalinar and 8,000 men to die on the Shattered Plains. So, of course, he's like, there's no way this is happening. And I felt horrible for him in that moment. Uh,
0: So, first, Dalinar tries to buy the Bridgemen 60 emerald bromes per man. Everyone gasps. This is outrageous. It's 20 times
1: what a slave is worth. Because you got to remember, the emeralds are the most... Valuable. valuable and that's what soul casters use to make food like dalinar i didn't realize how wealthy this man was yeah he's uploaded <laughs> his brother owns the king well dead brother his nephew <laughs>
0: owns the whole kingdom uh and it gets heated Where Sadie's like you can't have them
1: Yeah, he's like, no matter what you give me, you are not taking these men with you. Emily, what does (gasps) Dalinar give? He gives him his Stormblade! His Shard Sword! Shard Blade, Emily! I got so excited! He gives it to him, he pulls it out, and everyone's like, oh, we're gonna have a fight. And he's like, I'm gonna give this to you. And Sadius is like, Oh, she's okay, buddy. He's like, kingdoms, it's priceless. You, you're you giving this to me?
0: Thaddeus is kind of freaking out, actually. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, the, a shard blade is worth fortunes, cities, palaces,
2: kingdoms.
0: Adolin summons his own blade. He's like, dad, don't do it. Uh-huh. But
1: Dalinar is just, do we have a deal? Yeah. Like, he has... What, how am I trying to phrase this? He has taken the most extreme... And exponentially shot it into space. Yeah. It's it's like.
0: I mean, it's one Bridgeman, <laughs> Michael. How much could it cost? An entire shard blade. <laughs> so, Sadius now owns Oathbringer. Ah! And um, oh, Emily. It's okay, buddy. I'm okay. Emily.
1: What's the third book called? <gasps> Oathbringer! So who do you think the third book would be about? If it's about Saddius, I will flip a table. Okay. I will flip a
0: table. Stay tuned. Um, but anyway, I think Sadius is embarrassed at how much he's freaked out over this, and so he fires off an insult, you know, insults after Dalinar claiming that you're, an, you know, you're one of the 10 fools, and this is the most people will look back on this as the most ridiculous decision ever
1: made by an Alethi high prince. Mm-hmm. And Dalinar doesn't even look at him. Doesn't even give him the time of day. He... And Kaladin is freaking out. (laughs) He is... So he goes, Kaladin shook off his numbness. He scrambled after the High Prince, grabbing his armored arm. Wait. You. That... What just happened? And Dalinar says, basically, what is a man's life worth? Dalinar asks. You know, and Kaladin's like, well... We were bought for about two emerald brome each. And and Dalinar says, what do you say? And Kaladin says, a life is priceless. He said immediately, quoting his father.
0: (laughs) He's just like. Quoting his father. I know. Dalinar says, coincidentally, that is also the price of a shard blade.
1: Mm. Can you believe? No! When that happened, I started laughing because I was so surprised. And I was just. Laughing. I'm like, this is not happening. No, it happened. Dalinar does not have the shard blade anymore. But he's purchased not just Bridge 4, all of Sadius's Bridgemen. Sadius will never be able to touch any of them again. Yes. Yes. Because Sadius didn't know what he had in the Bridgemen, and now he never, well, he'll find out. He'll just not be party to it. But can you imagine? Oh my gosh, Kaladin's like, Kaladin was all set to be like, okay, here we go. Another promise dies. Yeah, like, uh, like, what are you supposed to do when someone won't accept a fortune? Like, what else do you bargain with? Okay, I want you to remember. Remember how Amaram killed all of Kaladin's
0: friends just to have this shard plate. Yeah, I, I do remember that. And now the exact opposite has happened dalinar has given up his shard blade to save all of kaladin's friends Ah. he is the complete opposite of amaram in every way and here's a i'm gonna i'm gonna read a chunk of this because it's so good so today you and your men sacrificed to buy me 2600 priceless lives and all i had to repay you with was a single priceless sword i call that a bargain you really think it was a good trade, don't you? Kaladin said, amazed. Dalinar smiled in a way that seemed strikingly paternal. For my honor, unquestionably.
1: Oh, Anna! Somebody else violently values why honor. Why doesn't Dalinar have an honors friend? I don't know. I feel like he
0: should have one already. Do you think he's acted honorably his whole
1: life? No. <laughs> <laughs> that was fast <laughs> well he used to kill people skeleton killed people he was a soldier well not for frivolous reasons <laughs> like you're drunk ah oh, i'm i'm so insulted yeah why doesn't Eleanor have an honor spread Don't know. maybe it's like the good place where you have to have enough honor points <laughs> to get your own honor are honor spread the only
0: spread that connect with people because if you remember not all spren are as discerning as honor, honor spren. spren. So, maybe there are other kinds of spren... Guilt spren. That are drawn to
1: people. <laughs> because Dalinar talked about all the guilt he's felt his whole life. But he's alive. also said
0: he's not going to feel it anymore. There we go. So,
1: he doesn't get one. No, he doesn't get one. Um, well, the Dalinar goes to talk to Elokar. <gasps> you liked this. I loved this. So... Guys, Megan has accused me of something fairly. That I make snap decisions about people and don't change my mind. Like Moash, like Dalinar, like Seth, like all of these people. And I did not like Elokar. You did at the beginning. I kind of did, and then I'm like, oh, he's kind of stupid. Mm-hmm. This cemented. Mm-hmm. He's an idiot. He's an idiot.
0: Ah, uncle, he said, turning to Dalinar. Good, I wanted to speak with you. Do you know of these rumors about you and my mother? I realize that nothing untoward could be happening, but I do worry about what people think. <laughs> Dalinar, honestly, uncle, I'm growing very intolerant of your reputation in camp. What they are saying reflects poorly on me, you see, and, uncle, is everything all right? My door guards report had some kind of mishap with the plateau assault today, but my mind was full of thoughts. <laughs> Did I miss something? <laughs> Talonar <Telling her laughs> says, "Yes." And what does he do? He kicks him in the chest <laughs> while he's wearing his shard blade, and kicks him through the table. Yes. <laughs> so it just Alucard's being like, "Huh? Oh, did I miss something?" Yes.
1: Bam! <laughs> oh, it was so satisfying. satisfying. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Doesn't stop there. Uh, and Elokar's screaming for his guards. Yeah,
1: he's like, you know, basically like, an assassination attempt is happening. Guys, this is your cue. And what happens? Nobody comes Nobody in. Nobody comes.
0: It's He's the boy who cried assassination. Mm-hmm. And Dalinar just keeps beating him. Elokar keeps trying to summon his shard blade. Oh, yeah. Dalinar smashes his hand as soon as like he two or three it times. It. times yeah. yeah. So, like, as soon as it gets in his hand, Dalinar just kicks it out. And it goes, poof. <laughs> uh, now... Some people who are really good with a shard blade can have it knocked out of their hands and recover it. And some people are weenies. <laughs> 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 but uh he smashes open Elokar's breastplate as well yeah. and puts his
1: full gauntleted hand on Elokar's chest. And he's like, I will squish you. And Elokar is still like what are you doing? He's like, God, God, please. <laughs> he is
0: pleading for his life and crying. He's like, uncle, why are you doing this? And Dalinar's like, to show you how I care for you. <laughs> car song. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Hello, Garzong. What? What? <laughs> what?
1: So Dalinar basically is almost about to, ki- he's in the position to kill his nephew, the king, to show his nephew I could have killed you at any time, and did not. it not for the loss of this land, I would have <laughs> slaughtered you long ago. And, Emily. Oh my gosh! Dalinar's put the pieces together. Yes!
0: Emily, who cut the saddle
1: strap? It was Alucard! Alucard framed himself for assassination! Who's the last person you suspect? The, the
0: victim.
1: victim! I'm really glad it wasn't Renard. I was really worried. Yeah, yeah. But now I'm sad that there uh, might not be bastard stepchildren trying to kill Elokar. There still co- could be. Oh, because he says, and you took out the gem light out of your, your armor, and he's like, I didn't. And was like, okay, maybe you uncovered something there. So, <gasps> Emily, maybe it still could happen. Maybe. Maybe I'll get a showdown. Maybe your dreams could come true. So Elkire framed himself for his own assassination attempt. because he's I like, guess f- framed himself is not the right word, but he
0: did he it. He staged an assassination attempt. And he's like, you didn't believe me. Someone was trying to kill me. Yeah. And Dalinar is furious. Do you realize what you've done? Yeah. You've brought suspicion on me. You've weakened me in front of the whole court. You gave Sadius a position of power over me, which he used to try and kill me today. So, listen up, buddy. From here on out, things are gonna be different. What are Dalinar's demands of Elokar?
1: Okay, so... Things are gonna change around here. Starting today, you will declare me High Prince of War. Elokar goes, what? And... What's the new rule about retrieving gemstones? That the rule before this was if you retrieve it, you get it. The new rule is you retrieve it, the crown gets it, and the crown, or the throne, gets to divvy it up as they see fit. Mm -hmm. So he wants to take this from being a competition to a more united... A real war. A real war, yeah. And Dalinar has so many good ideas and he finally gets to use them and not have to do stupid politics. And everybody... Has to follow the codes. Yes. Oh, yeah. He's like, because when I'm High Prince of War, all ten places are going to, you know, run by the codes, and they're going to do all these things, and is like, they're going to be pissed. And he's like, yeah. They're going to try and
0: kill us. Elokar's
1: like, you're worried about fake assassination attempts now? There's going to be real ones. And Delanor's like, yeah. 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 Because here's the thing. Get used to it, buddy. Get used to it, buddy. Not that you weren't used to it before, but here's the thing. So, so frustrated with Elokar. I'm so and now of course I'm like Navani's like he's weak I'm like he is weak girl so Elokar is the king and he has been so okay listen this also might sound stupid for a minute but Uh listen for a minute he's only been worried about himself which you should be you should be worried about yourself and you know you don't want to die nobody wants to die but he has focused so much of his attention on setting up these fake assassination attempts Uh and making such a big deal out of it and like To the fact that he has not... Because he doesn't believe that Sadius really tried to kill Dalinar. Like, he does not believe what happened today. As a king, you can't know everything. I get that. But he is so out of touch with what is going on in the war camps. When he should know and should be aware and should be um, conferring with people and confiding with people and really... Connecting, trying to yeah. connecting and keeping them united and dalinar has been trying this whole time to unite everyone when Elakar's the one that has placed all this suspicion on dalinar he's mm-hmm. the one that has he's the one that has just not paid attention like do you remember at the beginning when adolin comes to report on the chasm fiend attack uh-huh and elokar's Elikar. like whatever like he and adolin's like come on it's important like And he realizes that Elokar doesn't have to worry about the aftermath of whatever happens. Elokar absolutely should have been worried about the aftermath of stuff like that. Not to the point that he's, like, stuck in, like, the weeds or, like, digging through the minutia of everything. But he's not connected to the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And so
0: Dalinar has been trying to rule with kindness and justice Mm -hmm. and fairness. Yes. But he's not king and doesn't have the authority to do that. And so every time Elokar dismisses that or Elokar allows the other high princes to poo-poo on it, Mm -hmm. that cuts uh, Dalinar's feet out from under him. A parallel of this is when Kaladin first becomes bridge leader. And Moash is stupid. (laughs) Let me... Finish. i'm so sorry and he tries to get everybody up and he's like starting from today there is no sleeping in we're gonna practice with our bridges doing this I'm and we're gonna, do this, still so we're gonna upset do this about that and moash says gaz can he do that and gaz is like no and it it completely undercuts what Kaladin's trying to do mm-hmm. however so you're you say you moash me...
1: and Elokar are the same no i was <laughs> saying
0: moash and uh sadius were the same okay Whatever, in just that instance. <laughs> okay. But Kaladin living by example is something the Bridgman actually followed. Mm-hmm. However, Dalinar living by example, the other High Princes ignored.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And now, Dalinar, in both his discussion with Elokar and another one he has with Kaladin mm-hmm. later, uh, mentions that the High princes are like children and you don't let a child do whatever they want. You require them to do what is right until they've learned to do it for themselves. Mm -hmm. Now we're coming back around to our discussion of philosophy and about how no hypothetical situation exists in a true vacuum from influence in society, all this sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. So while it is wonderful that Dalinar wanted to rule with kindness the unfortunate truth is Dalinar has to rule with force. Mm-hmm. And that's very sad to me. And he's a good person for it because Dalinar grew up as a very forceful person. Do I think Dalinar is right in every situation he encounters? No. And I think it's very sad that what he learned from his final vision with Noadon. So Dalinar has been obsessed with the book The Way of Kings. Mm-hmm. And its parables about peacekeeping and everything. And when Noadon says, I can't write a book right now, my whole kingdom is crumbling from underneath me, Mm -hmm. the lesson Dalinar took from that is, there's a time for the book and a time for the sword, and Dalinar's picking sword. Yes. I mean, even though he gave his away, but, you know, (laughs) metaphorically.
1: But he says at one point, I was trying to be Noadon, the peacemaker, but I'm not. I'm the Blackthorn, and I got chills when that happened. I was like, yes, you are the Blackthorn, because... It felt like in the beginning, anytime the Blackthorn came out, he's kind of like, oh, these days are behind me. And he doesn't really like being Mm -hmm. the Blackthorn. But when he does, like, he catches the the chasm fiend's claw, you know, with his bare hands, practically. I mean, storm-plated hands, but still, you know. And so, yeah, he mentions at one point that Adolin had kind of inspired all of this. When he had talked to his father earlier, saying, you are... Make us, do, you know, Adolin wasn't whining. I'm gonna make it sound like he's whining, but he wasn't. Um, you make us do this, you make us live by the codes, yet you let everyone else run around unchecked. And I, I was, as I was reading it this last time, I was like, Yeah, yeah, hey, Dalinar, hey, hey,
0: I'm such an idiot. <laughs> Why, remember all the times we've been recording and I've been digging through the books? What page is that <laughs> illustration on? <laughs> Turns out there is a table of contents. <laughs> That lists the page of every illustration. And I'm peeved. <laughs> well, get it next time, I guess. <laughs> now we're going to get into part five. Ooh, it's the, called The Silence, the silence Above. Above. So, Emily, do you remember what all the parts are called?
1: Dying is one of them. Dying is the middle one. That is the only one I remember. Because right. I was so right. worried
0: about Delinar. Above Silence The illuminating storms dying. The storms illuminate the The silence silence above.
1: Is it a palindrome? It (laughs) is! It is is a palindrome!
0: It's a special kind (laughs) of boring poem called a katek, which is a... And and it's not a perfect palindrome Mm -hmm. because some of the words are arranged to allow for sentence structure. Right. But each part of this is a line of a poem that is... The same lines that you read forward and backwards. So cool. But uh, part five was pretty exciting, uh, huh? Yeah,
1: guys, remember we have multiple points of view at this part, and it is Shalon, Dalinar, Kaladin, Seth, and Wit. Yes! Hey, what's up with Shalon? So Shalon is distraught. She is completely distraught. But the more she sits and thinks about things, and goes over what happens, and tries to recreate, like drawing things, um, because something is not quite right about this whole jam and bread and Yasna and capsule situation, and she realizes something.
0: Do you know what, Emily? What you also realized these things. I did. You had you at in our different podcasts figured out the things that Shalon has figured out. What you did just I... didn't quite gel them together. You were like, how come Yasna can use a soul caster without touching things? Oh. We found this out after the lesson. Uh-huh. And during the bread and jam scene, you were like, but Yasna ate the bread. The, you said the poison was on the bread. I was I so said, confused. Yeah, it was. And and Emily, you also picked up on the things that Shalon picked up on. Good job. Thank you. Well Because I'm a ginger. <laughs> <laughs> Only gingers can solve this problem. Only this is a jam problem only gingers can solve. The ginger jam impresario. <laughs> oh, that one's much better. The, the ginger jam jamboree. So she
1: just walks out of prison. Yeah. It, no one stops her. She's basically in a robe and she's like, well, at least my safe hand's covered. But she's like walking through the city like looking, I think, for all the, the world like a lost soul, you know.
0: So this scene perfectly mirrors Shallan's first entrance to Carprom. What? Where she goes, she walks through the whole city to the Palinaim to meet Yasna. Oh. And in the first one it's daytime and there's crowds on the street and she's taking in everything and she's so nervous about Yasna and what she's going to do. Mm-hmm. And here and, and she's dressed up in her finery and her nicest and and she's putting her best face forward. And then here, she's walking up through the streets of the city again. It's night. There's no one around. She's in her simple nice night clothes. <laughs> There's no one there with her. But she is going to face Yasna with the absolute confidence of knowledge. And I just love this mirrored difference <laughs> from the beginning to the end of Shalon's
1: story. Yes. She, gets, she goes to the palinaeum and she goes up to talk to Yasna. And Yasna's like, you are not welcome here. Get out. <laughs> and Shalon just keeps walking in, just like, you know what? We're gonna have a showdown and we're gonna have a conversation. Conversation. And Shalon says, Your soul caster's a fake. And Yasna is quite surprised because that is the last thing she thought I'd say. She
0: keeps it calm though. Yeah. And she qu- so quickly comes up with a Oh, you're so smart to figure out. I keep several fakes to deter <gasps> yeah. thieves and Shallan, at this point, Shallan reveals, do you know how long ago I stole it? I took it right after you killed those men in the alley. You had a fake Soulcaster for
1: weeks before I revealed it. Mm -hmm. And that surprises Yasna even more, which was so satisfying. I love Yasna. Yeah. But it was so satisfying because this woman knows everything all the time and to have someone surprise her with such a huge revelation. (laughs) So this scene is, like, the intellectual parallel to
0: Dalinar kicking open Elokar's chest plate. Yes. Because Shallan has information to threaten Yasna Kalin. Mm-hmm. and hmm uh, And I, I love the interesting parallels between these two scenes, how Yasna and her brother both get completely taken out by someone they underestimated. Yes.
1: Oh, I loved it so much. And at one point... Through more of the conversation, as as Shallan is revealing more and more things, like Yasna has a truly shocked face. Yeah. <laughs> and Shallan takes a capital M memory of it yes. and like, I will treasure this forever. We'll draw this later. Yasna has a fake soul caster because she does not need a real soul caster. She's a soulcast. legit soul caster. So, question. Uh-huh. Do the King Soulcasters need Fabrials to Soulcast stuff? Do they? I don't know. Here's
0: another question. Shalon assumed when she turned... You asked me this. You asked me this when you were reading, and I told you we would talk about it when we're doing this. Shalon thought, assumed, she had accidentally used the fake Soulcaster... That's right. ...in order to turn the goblet into blood. Mm-hmm. But it's a fake Soulcaster. So...
1: Shalon is also a soulcaster. So when you're when you're reading this, you're like, "Is Yasna magic?" But wait, Shalon did. Is Shalon magic? I was very concerned. Okay, here's the thing, and I don't know how how rare or not rare to be a soulcaster and not need like a, a focus or whatever mm-hmm. is. I really hope that it's not that rare, because if it's like super ultra, mega awesome foxy hot rare, yeah. <laughs> Then the the chances of these two women coming together and discovering each other's secret seems really out there. Yeah, I don't feel that that's what Brandon is doing, but I will be a, I will be disappointed if it is. Yes. What?
0: So, remember earlier in the story where, in the podcast, we were talking about how magical things are happening to our main characters. Yes, and it seems like they're the only people in the world that magic is happening to. Yeah. Well, Dalinar and Kaladin have now met and combined. Mm-hmm. And now Shallan, and, and, which the Dalinar-Kaladin thing, the man who is at the head of all the armies, like the uncle to the king, mm-hmm. and the man who is the lowest of the low running the bridges, what are the odds that they would end up I being knew friends? they would
1: because that's the direction the story was taking because Kaladin's so cool.
0: Okay, and then you also have Yasna and Shallan. Yasna's, to our knowledge, like, Never had a ward get this far mm-hmm. and the odds seem pretty stacked against Shalon as well mm-hmm. so like what are the odds that two people who can soul cast without a thing just happen to be in the same line of work and interest and ended up being together
1: i think because the desolation cycles are obviously starting up again that mm-hmm. okay you know like Cabot in the woods Where like they play out the same horror stories over and over with the same tropes. I wonder if that's what's happening in this world is with each desolation there's like a you are the chosen one and you are the magician and you are the warrior and you and like they all come together like hopefully it works this time but I feel like also if you've done it a ton of times and it's never worked and you keep expecting the same outcome you gotta shake things up a little bit. Uh Uh-huh. So, Emily, I don't
0: think we quite said on the podcast, what really happened during the assassination attempt
1: with the bread? Oh, um, Yasna soul casts the bread into something else, something organic. But she thought the poison was in the jam. So she soul casts the jam, but into, into something else. She didn't realize she was soul casting the antidote out of the jam. Mm -hmm. but because it was strawberry jam and Yasna had never smelled it or tasted it or done anything, you know, like that before, she soul cast it into something completely unedible. Yeah. And that's (laughs) why when Capsule and Shalon tried it, they're
0: like, oh, this is disgusting. Mm -hmm. And Capsule's freaking out and
1: he's eating it even though it's gross. Mm -hmm. But But unbeknownst to him, the antidote no longer is in the jam because Yasna magicked it out of it. Whoopsie. So I can't remember if I, I can't remember if I, uh, guessed this. I don't think I did, but we've come to find out later. Shalon decides to prove to Yasna that everything she's saying is true by transporting them to Shadesmar. Hey, yeah! yeah! And she calls the creatures, you know, like, are you there? They're like, yes, we're always here. And in order to do that, there needs to be some sort of exchange of truth. And so she gives them truth. She says Yasna's using a fake soul caster. They're like, well, I mean, that's more of a fact than truth or anything like that. They ask her, what are you? And she says, what am I? Truthfully, it was a day for confrontation. She felt strangely strong, steady. Time to speak it. I'm a murderer. I killed my father.
0: Hey, remember that drawing that she drew that you were like, that's the king of Yaakov (gasps) That was her dad? Do you remember during the lesson when I asked, "Do you think Shalon has ever seen a dead body before?"
1: <laughs> so, I am pretty sure. I'm like 97% sure that Shalon was going to summon a shard blade the first time like several chapters back when she was, you know, being confronted by the by the creatures. I Here's the thing. They had a secret soul caster. Their family did. I can't imagine they would also have a secret shard blade because those are so valuable that if her brothers had known she had it, they would have made her give it up. And if her dad had a had a shard blade and it suddenly went missing after he died, like, I, do, I don't think the shard blade is from her dad. Okay. I don't know. Like you can obviously give the shard blade away to someone. You don't have to kill anyone for it as we realized with Dalinar. Um, Dalinar. But you can keep a shard blade after you kill someone. So Mhm.
0: How how long between her father's death and her brother's knowledge of it?
1: Oh, that's true. I wonder if she used the shard blade to kill him because it wouldn't like slice through flesh. It would burn out his eyes or whatever. And that would be a way to kill someone pretty, I'm going to say neatly, but you know what I mean when I say that, you know, not, um, so we get a huge answer to a mystery, but not the whole answer to the mystery. So I'm intrigued to keep going. Anyway, Yasna is not surprised by Shadesmar. She's just like, you idiot.
0: She knows what it's called. Yeah. Now, Emily, do you remember where we read the name Shadesmar before? It was the name of the chapter when Shalon accidentally fell into this place the first time. Oh, okay. And there is another point in this book, I'm not going to tell you when, when the chapter title has told us what something is in a chapter that the characters don't know about. Okay. I'll have to go
1: back and read. Oh, I have to go read this book again. <laughs> what? <laughs> so Shalon talks Yasna into keeping her around. Yeah. Because she says, listen you don't have to lie to me because I know your secret. Yeah. And kind of gives her, like, we can be not exactly comrades or whatever, but but I think also extends some emotional support to Yasna. Uh-huh. Where Yasna is very, I mean, if that is your secret, I mean, I can only imagine if you have this power, I would think that maybe you would get conscripted automatically into the king's soul casting army uh-huh and if you don't want to do that you have to keep everything a secret and hide everything about you yeah and so 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 Shalon speaks to the creatures
0: mm-hmm. she speaks to the what you call the swearheads in the room <laughs> yes. and they're the ones who take her to this place and they need a truth from her in order to transport her yes there. And she falls and it's just like falling into a, a granary where mm-hmm. she's just falling into the beads. Yasna follows her in there. And did you say what Yasna was writing? No. Yasna is on a raft made from these glass beads. Oh not writing. Oh sorry. Riding. Riding. <laughs> they are obeying Yasna's will. Like Yasna waves her hands and the beads split. So not only can Yasna travel Moses, to this place.
1: Moses. But it's she has Moses. some
0: <laughs> control over what happens here and i'm going to try and have you do a little connect the dots oh, I, did I know so bad you hate last this time. I, I did know. so
1: bad last time
0: idiot girl yasna repeated you have no idea how dangerous that was visiting shadesmar with only a single dim sphere idiot what do you need to safely traverse in shadesmar i would think it's like
1: stormlight you did it! yes <laughs> i am so pleased with myself listen i don't know if anyone's pointed this
0: out yet because it hasn't come up in the podcast yet i accidentally spoiled you you did i did uh i may have asked you to cut it out but i was um when Shalon goes in there and i was saying you know how she uses up all the stormlight in the room to go there and you were like, I don't think that happens. And I'm like, let me look in the book. And I'm reading through it, and it doesn't state that. And I'm like, oh, good golly, no. So, um, thankfully you didn't connect those dots together. Yeah. But like how Kaladin slurps up Stormlight to do what he does, mm-hmm. Yasna and Shallan
1: appear to both need Stormlight to do this Listed. sort of stuff. I was going to go in a completely different direction because I'm thinking like, oh, like the river sticks, like the river of the dead where you have to pay to cross. Oh. And if Shalon hadn't brought enough money, she wouldn't be able to cross back oh, over. Okay. But Stormlight makes a lot more sense at this point.
0: And it ends with Yasna agreeing to keep Shalon on as her ward. Um, And we'll come back to them in a second because they have a they have another chapter in this in this sequence. But first, Yasna says, you want it to be part of what I'm doing? Well, you'll need to read this. Yasna looked down at the notes. It's about
1: the Void Voidbringers. Oh, and we don't get into this chapter, but stay tuned, guys, because we are going to learn some cool stuff about the Voidbringers. About Yasna's study.
0: Yes. What are the truth of Voidbringers? All right. Chapter 71, recorded
1: in blood. Oh, this chapter had so much betrayal in it and i was so betrayed and so here for the betrayal
0: all want to know what to get emily for birthdays christmas anything it's betrayal betrayal. she loves betrayal i love it when it happens to other people not me seth is here to collect the last name on his list yes
1: which i thought was going to be yasna megan made me guess because i'm just like she's the most powerful person here it's not it's Tervangian. it's the king of carbronth uh-huh not carlbronth not carlbronth
0: and the attitude of this seth is very different from the seth we saw in the prologue yes in the prologue he's strong and he's like i am truthless, and he's he's feeling guilt for what he's doing but at the same time can a spear be blamed for for the lives that it kills. And and although he's not showing it externally, internally, Seth is much more emotional in the first... In the the prologue. Mm-hmm. And in this one, he's
1: like dead inside. He's been broken. Yeah. By all... I mean, because we don't know how many... Do we know how many names were on the list? It was just a lot. And he was supposed to kill them in as bloody and violent ways as possible. And... I don't care if you even like, like, uh, here's the thing. He believes in his cause. He doesn't believe in what he's doing for his cause. Mm -hmm. And so that he is having to kill all of these people. And it mentioned several times he get, he's like, I'm being irrationally angry that people aren't strong enough to beat me. He's like, no one can beat me. And so I have to keep doing this and no one will be able to stop me. I very one punch man vibes (laughs) (laughs) and it's not that i'm like oh poor poor seth it's just like oh i feel for this man and his principles that he is being questioned everything he's he's believed but he's not to a point that he feels he can challenge them he's like this is who i am and his instructions for
0: killing Teravangian are different. This isn't supposed to be a spectacle. He's supposed right. to get to Teravangian quietly mm-hmm. and then deliver a message. Yes. The message is, the others are dead. I've come to finish the job. Yeah.
1: And so he, you know, kind of takes out the guards, not in not in horrible ways, but he really incapacitates them. And he comes in, and Teravangian's sitting with his back to Seth, and Seth says the words, and Teravangian says Seth's entire name, like... Sun Volano. Volano. Doesn't even say... Because before, when,
0: who we know now, an agent of Taravangian recruited Seth in this other city, calls him Seth's son Naturo. And Seth is like, that's not who I am anymore. Yeah, no yeah, And Taravangian now knows it's Sun Volano. Yeah.
1: So, if you guys didn't catch that, the kindly king who loves everyone, who takes care of everyone, who everyone adores... Is the mastermind behind all of these murders? He holds Seth's oath stone. I was gonna say Ark Stone. I'm like, wrong fandom. <laughs> oh, oh, and mean, he's sh- like, he's not even like, Mu-ha-ha-ha-ha. he's just like, it is what must be done. And he is deliberately taking out the strongest players on like the political board. He's like, we've grown. What does he say? I can't. I can't remember exactly. But basically, in order to build something up, I have to tear it down. And so he's wanting to reshape the world. But, oh. And so,
0: he's sorry, he's saying this. Mm -hmm. This is the moment you're talking about. We're going to need strong walls in the coming years. Very, very strong walls. And then Seth says, your words are like the hundred doves. And Taravangian says, in the Shin language, easy to release, difficult to keep. Like, the Shin are very withdrawn and very secretive, but mm-hmm. Teravangian knows enough that he knows their language. Yeah.
1: Side note, Yep. Uh, we were talking about there's no sweet and fluffy animals on the the east half of the world. Uh-huh. But shin has chickens and they obviously have doves. Things They've that could birds. get that could get blown away in high storms yeah. if they got too close. So here Add is Add those doves to chicken watch. Okay. So the idea of Teravangian taking out the leaders or whatever of the world (gasps) oh never mind i was about to go off on a really terrible weird weird anyways um how this makes me think he has even more sway because if you take out a bad guy everyone's gonna rush in to fill that void this is what happens in star wars like when Uh the empire falls Uh in the in the books that are no longer canon as the Empire falls, all these two-bit war crime leader people rush in to try and take over what's going on, and it causes so much more instability. So what is Taravangian's grand plan? Does he think he can control this? Is he going to try and put his own people in? He's got to have, I mean, I would think he's already have something lined up like that, but like, he must have, okay, I'm hoping He's going to be a really smart, terrifying genius of an enemy. Oh my God, that's a really terrible scare. I am holding perfectly still. (laughs) (sighs) So this is what I am here for. I want the political intrigue. I want the chess pieces. Because I don't have the foresight to think ahead like this. Mm -hmm. I can't think in 3D, which is (laughs) why.
0: Emily went to a trade show today for work and it was on multiple floors of a convention center. Yeah, And Emily got lost because all
1: the floors look the same. Yes. And I kept going because like some elevators would go up and some went down in like different parts. And so it wasn't exactly the same. And I remember thinking like, I'm stuck inside a house in a video game and I don't have a map to look at because there's not a map. I looked. There was not a map i almost called megan to be like help me get out of
0: it and i would have been like i've never been there
1: <laughs> you could have done it, i
0: believe yeah. you. i have really good spatial reasoning skills and i have a very good map brain if i've driven somewhere before i can drive there again mm-hmm.
1: i don't know if we've said this on the podcast before but i've got to tell you about one of the times i was the most impressed with you oh okay so we have i think talked before There's this Colorado. color on yeah that. This is the first time I discovered I had this power. Go on. <laughs> so, one fall day, me, another friend, and Megan went on a road trip from Utah to Boulder, Colorado because Terry Pratchett was going to be there signing books. We mentioned
0: this during our Meet Your Hero story. Meet Your time.
1: Yeah. So, we went there then. And then, two years later, yeah. three years later, three years, our family is in Colorado to go see Wicked that's on Broadway tour. And Mm -hmm. we're just hanging out and it's a Sunday and we're like, what do we do? And Meg goes, let's go to Pearl Street, which is where that Barnes and Noble was, um, where we saw Sir
0: Terry Pratchett. And Pearl Street is this really wonderful street in downtown Boulder where they've turned the the road part into pedestrians only. So there's like gardens and trees and there are all these cool shops like toy stores and a magic shop and bookstores and things like that. And so I was like, oh, let's go to Pearl Street. And this was a little bit before smartphones. Like, Mm -hmm. we were close, but we weren't quite there. Yeah, there was no Google Maps or anything And we were staying at a hotel some distance away, and we didn't have a car that day.
1: We just wanted to walk because it was a nice day.
0: And I said, I know how to get there. Three years. I walked to the front street of the hotel. I
1: looked to the right. I looked to the left, and I pointed to the left, and I said, let's go this way. Listen, I also need you guys to understand, if you haven't picked this up by now, I have very intense anxiety when I get lost. <laughs> and we are literally walking for 20 minutes, and I am convinced that we're just walking in circles. I, don't, I didn't voice any of this, I don't think. Um, and what I didn't voice was, I'm pretty sure we should have gotten there by
0: now. <laughs> <laughs> have I pointed us in the wrong direction? It'll be too embarrassing to say that. We'll just, I'll keep going. Anytime a road feels right, that's where we'll turn. I walked to straight there. She did. And I was flabbergasted. I was just like, my sister's very cool. Ironically, the one place I cannot do this, Walt Disney World Company property in Florida. Really? All of the roads look the same. <laughs> and there's no mountains to navigate by. So if you plopped me in a road in that... Okay, so... I don't know if you guys have been to Disneyland versus Disney World, but Disneyland are two theme parks that are right next to each other. Disney World is four theme parks and two water parks on a stretch of land the size of San Francisco. Mm -hmm. It's huge. And it's very funny because I run, I, I do a bunch of the Disney races down there. If I'm on foot and I'm running these roads, I know exactly where I am. But if I'm in a car and it's going too fast, I'm like, everything looks so different from up here. (laughs) So there you go. That's the one place my powers don't work is Disney World. Probably why I like to go there because it makes my brain quiet for a while. (laughs) Um, Okay, another story about this. I had just moved to California and I went to my very first concert ever. So this was in 2016. I saw Hank Green and the Perfect Strangers. Uh, I love you Hank Green you're the greatest also there, there were like a couple other like bands and stuff there um so went to downtown LA and it was terrifying I parked in a public parking garage okay I don't like driving very much no you don't well I'm better now you know what you know how Seth has gotten desensitized to all the killing? Yes. I think 6 years of driving in California have desensitized <laughs> me to my road fears. But anyway, um so I get there, I park in a public parking lot that just seemed really skeevy, but I'm like I got to get to the <laughs> I got to get to the concert. Concert was great. Going back to my car, my phone is dead from all the pictures I've been taking and I'm like, well that's fine. I'll just I'll plug it into my car charger. Forgetting that I had taken my car charger inside. So I had a dead phone. It was two o'clock in the morning and I had just moved here and didn't know where I lived. And I was like, okay, okay, listen, Aragorn son of Arathorn <laughs> would be able to find his way home from this. <laughs> so my first California apartment was pretty close to universal studios. And I'm like, I'll just drive till I find universal studios. I'm sure there are signs for that. And I can find my way home from there. Uh, I got on the wrong, listen, There are so many highways in California. (laughs) And what I needed to get, I believe, was on the 110, but I got on the 101 instead, which was the wrong one. And I think I sensed for a while I was driving the wrong way. But we'll cut this story short. Took me about 30 minutes to do a 10-minute drive, but I found my way home with no map. That's crazy. So now I always try to use the map going one direction and then find my way back on the way there. Because my brain has a video game map inside of it and I'm slowly building it out every time I go <laughs> on a trip. There you go. Tangents. Too bad you can't fast travel though. <laughs> oh man, that would be the best. Well, Teravangian. So Seth Seth accuses Teravangian of having Seth doing his dirty work so Teravangian doesn't have to bloody his hands with these deaths. Teravangian says, Is that really what you think? He takes him to an acrophronic stancy oh
1: hospital. Really this happens. was so horrifying. Yeah. Because what Taravangian has done, he's like, well, we only take the really sick people or we only take the worst of the worst. And they deliberately desanguinate them. Hey!
0: Exanguinate, but good.
1: Exsanguinate these people slowly so that if any of them speak words before they die, the women scribes in the hospital, can write down those words. So, Emily, who has been... It's the scribes! I've been reading words! Who has been collecting words. the
0: epigraph? Yeah, you have. But that it makes me feel yucky. I'm going to read you a couple a couple things from the book. Here is the epigraph from chapter four, The Shattered Plains.
1: Is that the... the no. The mom and the No, kid. that's okay. chapter one. Okay. <laughs> I Weird. remember that yeah.
0: one. <laughs> I'm dying, aren't I? Healer. Why do you take my blood? (gasps) Who is that beside you with his head of lines? I see a distant sun, dark and cold, shining in a black sky. (gasps) Shades Collected on the 3rd of Yeznan, 1172, 11 seconds pre-death. Subject was a reishi chill trainer. Sample is of particular
1: note. Oh, I don't like it. Like, that's horrible. Like, obviously murder is wrong. I know we've established this many times in this thing. But to be so cold and calculating, and I think Teravangian's take is like, well, in order to save the world, you have to do terrible things. Yeah, I hate that. I, it's mm-hmm. great in this book; it is great. But I hate that attitude of the world is terrible. It doesn't matter if I do terrible things to save it. Yeah. Ugh, I
0: don't okay. Like it. Here is another one. the The epigraph itself is not the thing that I find of note. That chanting, that singing, those rasping voices. <gasps> Tuck, tuck, 1173, 16 seconds pre-death, a middle-aged potter reported seeing strange dreams during high storms over the last two years. Ooh, Who does that sound like? Dalinar. So this happens to other people. So the last guy could see the swear heads. Uh-huh. This guy saw dreams during high storms. You were asking, how rare is that? Is this only happening to our main characters? This is
1: happening to other people as well. Oh. That's why I think their world is caught up in something bigger.
0: And now, this is not an epigraph, but I'm going to read you a little bit of uh, Shalon and Yasna conversation from chapter 29. And this is when they're discussing about Yasna has just uh, had the atheism conversation with Taravangian. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, Yasna is chastising Shalon that, you know, I told you to control your clever tongue, not to cut it off entirely. Um, I prefer you think of something both clever and appropriate. Yes, Brightness. Besides, Yasna said, I believe you might have made Taravangian laugh. He seems haunted by something mm. lately.
1: He is haunted. He haunts himself. So, uh, the first epigraph, the
0: one about the, the mom and the and the child, that was collected in year 1171. So he's been doing this
1: for like two years at yeah. least.
0: Mm-hmm. <gasps> Gross. I'm trying to decide whether to put my sum on the scale or not. This read-through, I have recognized the
1: fulfillment of some of these death words. Now I have to read it again. Dang it, Megan. I don't have time for this. I know you don't. You can just read listen to our podcast. We do our best to read the epigraphs every time they come up.
0: So anyway, we're in this, oh, and there's a moment where Seth sees what's happening Uh and he steps forward to stop it, Mm -hmm. to stop all this death. And Terabanchian says, you will still yourself and you will return to my side. Yeah. And then guess what? What? Guess what? Wait, just a second. Okay. The boy who cries, the day was ours, but they took it. That's an epigraph we read in the books. (gasps) This is one of the epigraphs from part four, I believe, and I don't have the page on it. I'm so sorry, but it's there. It's there. Anyway, uh, gives, uh, gives Seth a, a, new order.
1: Yeah, well, well, he says, uh, we don't know why some speak when others do not, but the dying see something. It began seven years ago, about the time when King Gavilar was investigating the Shattered Plains for the first time. So not Gavilar's death, but when Gavilar made it to the yeah. Shattered Plains. so I'm wondering if Gavilar tripped something, like some mystical, magical tripwire of,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, like, is it Terry Pratchett that says, like, if there was a button that said, do not press it, like because it would blow up the world. Someone would press it before the paint was dry. I can't believe you just said that. Did I? You said a thing. You said a thing. Good job. Thank you, Emily. That was
0: amazing. Thank
1: you. Keep going. <laughs> I would just revel in my brilliantness that I don't quite understand. Listeners, <laughs> mark the episode. But I hopefully that was Terry Pratchett. Because I'm gonna feel silly if it wasn't. No, I think you're right. I okay. Think it was, yeah. So Teravangian gives one last name and he's like, I really didn't want to do this. I hate that, by the way, when they're like, "But I, I really don't want to do this, <laughs> yes. but I have to now. He puts Delinar Coleman's name on the list. I'm so worried now. Oh my gosh. But here's what I'm thinking. Kaladin, so Delinar has instigated, we'll get into this, but he's instigated, is that the right word? Yeah kaladin and some of his men as his honor guard mm-hmm. we find that out in the next chapter i am predicting there's going to be an epic showdown between seth and kaladin both using their stormlight. and seth is going to be so excited that someone is strong enough to beat him and he's going to be so happy you think Seth's going to be happy? Yes, for a brief moment, and then he's going to... Brief moment before Kaladin No, before what? he realizes he doesn't have to keep doing this. Okay. And he can join the good guys. Why would he join the good guys? Um, because he believes what they're fighting in.
0: Does he? I mean, do you think Kaladin is going to know to take an
1: oath stone from in 800 miles I away? I didn't say that. I think okay. Seth is going to abandon his principles. I don't... Here's Do you a, think it's principles or because before you it said be it magic. was? Yeah, it might be magic. Oh, if it's magic, I don't know how they're going to get it. So yeah, is it? LA <gasps> Nevada is or? going to invent a fabriel. an anti-odstone. An Fabrial, very specific. Well, like she invented the one that like cuts off the feeling of pain, so it the breaks. Yeah, mm-hmm. it breaks. The we're going to talk we're about that. Talk in about the Arc Arcanum. <laughs> <laughs> um, Arc Sarcanum. So,
0: oh, I this guess I like, kind Seth, of. Seth's coming. Yeah. And real fast, every time Seth closes his eyes, the screaming voices of everyone he's ever killed are there. I think that might be important. But
1: anyway. So the screams greeting him. There is a sword. Okay, you guys know I have read Warbringer. I've read the first half Warbreaker. of it twice. <laughs> so you've statistically read the whole time. <laughs> There's a sword. Nightshade or Nightblood. 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 Okay. When you hold it, you hear screams or it screams or it's sentient. So we're reading Warbreaker
0: right after this. Uh, If you hold on to Nightblood, it talks to you. Don't you hear the screams of people that it's killed? I don't... Not when you're just touching it. Okay. It's, would you like to kill some evil today? (laughs) Uh, But there are... Do you know what? Shenanigans increase the further the sword is pulled out of its sheath. That might be what you're thinking about. That might be what I'm thinking about. Okay. Alright. So Uh, you think... The type of screaming that Seth is experiencing, you know, all the people he's killed with his shard blade are- He's
1: Nightblood.
0: blood. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Seth is Nightblood.
1: blood. He's the spirit of the soul. I cracked myself up. Assassin in white, sword in black, <laughs> match made in Cosmere heaven. All right. Well, we kind of talked about this next chapter a little bit. I, I guess I I jumped ahead, but. Do what? you realize that these are happening concurrently? Now I, no, I didn't know that. Now I, thank you. I didn't understand that. Um, oh, there is another. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Why are sorry, you doing sorry. this to me? I just want to say.
0: This is the last time you can I'll interrupt change. me. <laughs> They're all in car broth right now. Yes. Yes. I was trying to say. I
1: was trying to help you connect some dots. Thank <laughs> um. <laughs> you. Oh, it's the last, the last one. So, um, we learned. I'm so sorry. you, you're feeling me with rage. <laughs> the thrill. <laughs> the thrill. So in this chapter, uh, 72, Veritasalian, um, because she's a very salient, she's obsessed with truth. We're learning truth. Varistatalian. Oh, thank you. Apologies, you guys. We learned I that- I hope that didn't count. Megan, I anymore. am
2: finishing
1: You are so mean. <laughs> I'm going to go finish this by myself. <laughs> um, We find out that the Radiant's abilities were tied to Spren, which is cool that we didn't know that before. Gazna thinks she has figured out what Voidbringers are. If you guys will recall, I did not guess this correctly. I was like, oh, it's the big giant stone things that they killed, you know, in the in the prelude, the prologue and everything. And I was like, oh, maybe the, maybe the chasm fiends are like descendants of it. Because that's the only thing that would cause so much destruction, this desolation. I'm like, something that people literally couldn't fight. Guess... What, void bringers are? Oh, is this not the right? Oh, this is the right chapter. I was really worried for a second. Emily, who does Yasna believe are the void bringers? Who has she discovered? The Parshmen, because they talk of ash and fire. Parshmen have skin of black and red, and Yasna lays out the reasonings for her thinking the Parshmen are the void bringers, and it makes sense and the idea is that after the last desolation instead of driving the Voidbringers away this
0: time humanity enslaved, enslaved them
1: and it kind of goes into this in other chapters but shallan realizes how dangerous this is because parshmen are everywhere they are in you know the kingdom serving the kings they are keeping track of kids they are doing all of these things and If they were all to... Because they also make the connections that, you know, the Parshendi uh, sing songs and they're all connected. That if the Parshmen were to be connected and were told to rise up and rebel, they could take over everything and decimate at least Alethkar. I don't know how far out the Parshendi are. If there's going to be Parshendi clear out in Shin or, you know, way out west or whatever, but... All of a sudden she realizes they've surrounded themselves with their own enemies. They are living next to these creatures is not the right word, but these beings that are spoken of with such fear and reverence, I guess. I'm going to do something that you might not enjoy. Oh no, what are you going to do?
0: We're going to do some more Connect the Dots.
1: Oh, I
0: did okay on the last one. We can try. You did. You did a really good job on the last one. All right. I want to jump back to what you're saying about Yasna saying a type of Spren. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, yeah. The Sh- swear on, heads. Yeah.
0: Shalon asks her about the creatures with the symbol heads. And Yasna says, Oh, you've seen this in Shadesmar. And Shalon says, No, they appear in my drawings. They're all around me. You don't see them. And Yasna says, They are a type of Spren. When we first met them, you had theories that they were a kind of Spren.
1: I I don't remember that. I know, I know, because we
0: recorded this a year ago. This is when Shalon was first freaking out in the Palanam. You theorized that they were some kind of knowledge Spren that oh. was specific to the Palanam because it's this huge library with all of this knowledge inside of it. Hey. So you were like, "Oh, are they Spren? They are. Good job.
1: Good job." But well, we don't know what kind of Spren.
0: We don't know what kind. They are related to what you do. So, here we go. Okay. Two orders of the Knight's Radiant possessed inherent soul-casting ability. Okay, so... So, check, check. How many orders of the Knight's Radiant are there? Yes. One for each of the... Heralds. Yes. Yes! So, each Herald had... Ten Radiants. Not ten Radiants. Oh. Each Herald had a group of Radiants that followed Okay. And, apparently, each order has different powers mm-hmm. and some of the powers overlap okay because both shalon and yasna can do the same thing yeah
1: okay that makes me feel better rather than like only these only two people on earth can do this and they somehow found each other i mean listen that's happened in real life the only two model t fords in a city crashed into each other back in the day you know like yeah that yeah. happens irony happens but that actually makes me feel a lot better that there could be a group of these people that can do this but you've got to think about like maybe some farmer has this ability but is never going to know because mm-hmm. there's no reason for them to ever try and figure that out so
0: we're jumping back to okay what do you need to become a Night radiant a sword I'm so sorry. <laughs> Let me try this again. The
1: wisest man building. <laughs> Do you need rocks? No. Put in one of them. Because <laughs> he loved rocks.
0: <laughs> what type of bond was described as a radiant having what kind of bond? Sprint. All right, forget that. We're going to try something no, different. No, 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 no. I want to figure it out. <laughs> Same puzzle, different piece. Okay? Okay. Not every spren is discerning as? Honor spren. Okay. Okay. And an honor spren is a type of spren. Okay. We've met an honor spren. K. Who is it? Still, She's very nice. Yep. And Still's hanging out with? Kaladin. Who Teft says is one of the? Radiants.
1: You're doing I'm so, good. so good. I'm so You're nervous. So I feel like I'm careening down a hill on rollerblades.
0: So, if Kaladin's relationship with this
1: honor sprint <gasps> has made him a radiant, then their relationship with these swearhead, whatever sprints they are, makes Yasna and Shalon radiants. So, Yasna has not connected to the swearheads. Okay. Shalon. So, only Shalon is a radiant.
0: You're so close. I'm so close. Okay. All right. Remember how two kinds of radiance can. Soulcast. Yes. So what is Yasna's spren? There you go. Oh, thank you. You did it. So obviously Shalon has some kind of swear head uh-huh. and that helps her that this will maybe classify her to being a radiant because uh-huh. Yasna mentions here that each radiance ability were tied to a spren. Perfect. Okay. Okay. Thank you for helping me connect those doing dots. Doing great. So, you're doing really good. Obviously, Yasna, because she's so much more advanced than Shalon, Yasna must have a... Spren. That is similar to the relationship that Kaladin has with... Oh. With Syl. Yeah. Okay. You're
2: doing it,
1: Peter! <laughs>
0: <laughs> so... What Kaladin does is very, very different from what Shallan does. Yes. It's very flashy.
1: Very big. Very
0: protectory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So Kaladin and Shallan and Yasna, although we don't know the extent of what Yasna can do, mm-hmm. are all different kinds of
1: Radiant. Radiance. So is Gaz a radiant because he sees is things? He? Is Elokar a freaking radiant because he sees things? Is he? I think he's crazy. Now,
0: to become a radiant, what did Kaladin have to do? do with Syl. He had to say
1: the words. He had to say some specific Mm -hmm. words. Yes. So, Syl was... Okay, how did Syl and Kaladin meet? Uh, He thought she was a windspren, but it's when he was... We first see her... We first see her when he's traveling across to get to the Shattered Plains, but I think he mentioned that he found her earlier. We first see her
0: from Sen's point of view watching Kaladin fight in the first (gasps) chapter. Oh. And Syl, in the book before, has mentioned how far back she remembers Kaladin. So when Kaladin is very depressed during the weepings, mm-hmm. this is... I want to say this is when he's thinking of going to the honor chasm. Mm-hmm. Syl is saying, you're different. You fought before. I remember back in Amaram's army. Oh, okay. So how how did Syl find Kaladin?
1: Honor. She was drawn to his honor she was <laughs> drawn to his honor
0: so she's an honor spren uh-huh. and she was drawn to kaladin's honor, honor so she does
1: not cause honor she is drawn to correct. it. correct okay. so this means that a type of spren is drawn to a specific character trait so for Shalon, is it her memory and her drawing is it that's my guess okay and i would think Shalon's would be her pursuit of truth
0: because what did Shalon need to give that spren in order to enter Shadesmar?
1: Truth. She gave it
0: to Yasna's spren. Uh, no, she said, creatures, are you there? And they said, always.
1: Oh, okay. So
0: these would be the creatures surrounding her. We're right. going to
1: jump back to the first time Shalon goes into Shadesmar. Perfect. still not over Taravangian's betrayal. Of- the Betrayal! to
0: me of everyone yeah this is chapter 45 Mm -hmm. people are knocking on the door she this is uh just after she is drawing these strange swear heads Mm -hmm. in all of her drawings yeah every time she sees them and she's running through and so this was the this was the thing okay five symbol headed figures in black two stiff robes and cloaks. Each had a different symbol, twisted and unfamiliar to her, hanging above a necklace torso. So, are you ready? (laughs) I'm ready. Are you ready? She was interrupted midway through by a voice, uncanny yet distinct. What are you? And they ask her that at the end. She clutched her hand to her chest, losing her balance on the soft bed, falling to her knees on the rumpled blankets. She put one hand to the side, steadying herself on the nightstand, fingers brushing the large glass goblet that sat there. What am I? She whispered. I'm terrified. This is true. Oh. The bedroom transformed around her. Oh. And then she she plops herself into Shadesmar, which is described as a place with a black sky and a strange, small, white sun that hangs on the horizon. And she's falling backwards in a shower of beads. And there you go. That's awesome. Yep. There you go. <sighs> so, connecting a final thought, it would seem that these creatures are drawn to Shalon, and they're drawn specifically to... Truth. Truth. There you go. So, Yasna says she's going to train Shalon in her radiant powers
1: now let's get to chapter 73 trust Trust. so this is a kaladin point of view and it's kind of philosophical i guess like he and Syl are having a conversation um and he talks about like can you kill to protect kaladin asked out loud is that a self-contradiction and Syl says she doesn't know and i was thinking about that it's just like it's the trolley problem all over Again. Mm-hmm. I hate philosophy. I hate it. I'm sorry, Chidi Anagonia. And
0: Do you remember when I asked you where did Sil go during the final battle? Mm-hmm. Kaladin asks her that. Oh. And she says, I, I had to leave for a bit. The killing was just too much. Oh, that's right. That he was doing the right thing. He was doing the honorable thing, but it's,
1: mm-hmm. it's hard. It's an honorable thing that is terrible. Oh! Okay. This is a plot point that Brandon has planted, I feel that's gonna Mm -hmm. come back later, obviously. Um, but he's talking he's talking to Sil about Galinar. And Sil said, he's a good man. Sil said, I've watched him despite that thing he carried. That thing, the shard blade. And he's like, why do you why do you care about that? And she says, it feels wrong to me. I hate it. I'm glad he got rid of it. It Makes him a better man. So what if the shard blades are like the one ring? (laughs) And they talk to you <laughs> and they fill your head would you like to kill some evil tonight? right right so that's that's a thing i'm i'm excited to look forward to like if sil is just mistaken about this or if that's going to be like some world building that we just haven't found out about yet but if it is we're in trouble because adolin and Shalon both have them and i love them and i don't want anything to happen to them
0: who else do they make her just happen
1: uh elo car has them has one. He, he can go up cliff. he can go <laughs> kick rocks. And Kaladin is still cannot get over the fact that Dalinar traded a shard blade away. Like if he had any qualms about does Delanar have honor, they've been completely eradicated. Mm-hmm. He's just like, mm-hmm. yes, he is very honorable. And I feel like Kaladin is still upset with the way the world is. I totally get that. But as he's talking to Dalinar, and Dalinar's like, I'm going to make you my honor guard. And Kaladin's like, great. I will only obey you. I will not obey any other light eyes. And Dalinar's like, it's a little unconventional. Dalinar's but.
0: having a little bit of a hard time with
1: this. <laughs> yes, he is. And and as, as good a man
0: as Dalinar is trying to be, he is still set in
1: the mistaken ways of his society's caste system. Yeah. Um, And he's like, I can make you a captain that's like as high as I dare make a dark eyes. And Kaladin's like, well, not that we're going to have a problem because he's not going to have a problem with Dalinar. But he's like, well, you're going to have to tell your men that I, because he's like, basically that will contradict if I need to save you. And there's going to be, hold on, let let me roll back a little bit. Back to Dalinar and Elokar are like, once we announce this, the High princes are going to try and come kill us so that they can go back to getting gem hearts and blah, blah, blah. And so Kaladin and Dalinar understand that there are going to be spies and, you know, traitors that come in. And Kaladin's like, if there's a Light Eyes and I have to obey them, but they're a traitor or a spy or something, you won't be safe. I can only be safe if I only obey you. Yeah. And Dalinar's like, okay, I guess that makes sense. Like, it does. And it's it's interesting to see
0: how Dalinar's conversation with Alucard, where Dalinar says, "I need this and this and this and this," and Alucard's like, "I can't, I can't," and Dalinar's like, "Well," so Alucard acquiesces. And this, on a much smaller scale, mm-hmm. is the same thing. Where yes, and I'm I'm I know that Dalinar is a little stodgy still. I love him. I love him too. He is very. <laughs> <laughs> um, I always pictured him as blonde. <laughs> Do you want to hear something funny? What? I picture him bald. <laughs> I know. Listen, listeners, I know Dalinar is clean-shaven with a thick head of hair. I imagine him bald
1: with a thick but very cleanly trimmed beard. Oh, I also do not picture him bald. I was just yeah. making fun of myself from last episode.
0: I know this isn't how he is, and I think if I were to ever draw him, I would make sure to triple check the canonical descriptions Lustrous before I hair. do. But, uh, there's something about a bald man with a nice beard I just like. (laughs) Um, That has been your (laughs)
1: Horner-packed moment for today. Um, Delinar is going back and talking about, like, oh, these are how, this is how my men felt about you directing them in the battle. And he's like, my son still feels bitter about the way your conversation with him went. What do you think about that? I think that... Adolin is going to have a hard time initially with Kaladin, mm-hmm. but he's not Maybe. going to be a Moash. He's eventually going to come over to Kaladin's side and they're going to be best friends. Best friends! Dream your dream. Love dream, dream. <laughs> and I'm so excited for Adolin and Kaladin they to become brothers because Downer, Downer is going to a smile. <laughs> He's going to adopt Kaladin and all the bridgemen. He's going to be the Mr. Darling of Peter Pan. <laughs> <laughs> he takes it all the Lost Bridge Boys. Yes. We will grow up.
0: We will grow up. We'll protect you from the prince. <laughs> <laughs> and the assassinate white is coming.
1: Oh, no, I forgot
0: about that. We'll oh, no. also protect from him. Oh. If we can, I guess. We'll see. <laughs> Um, so they are recruiting uh, sorry, they're recruiting all of the bridgemen to the personal guard although they are first offering them freedom and money if mm-hmm. they want. Which is so great! And and Calden says probably a lot of them will take it. No one from Bridge 4 will take it but a lot of the other bridges will. Mm-hmm. And they're going to train them all as soldiers. Mm-hmm. And they're going to keep them at first, uh, patrolling. Because if you remember, like, three quarters of Dalinar's forces used to be used patrolling yes, yes. the land and dalinar
1: gives kaladin a gift oh that's right he gives him a cloak the cloak is a simple gift oh it's a it's, it's the cloak dalinar I interrupted you. you did i'm going to explain what it is Can you hold on one second yeah. <laughs> um it is a blue cloak with the glyph pair of coke and linil sewn into the back in white embroidery each man who wears my colors, Dalinar says, is of my family in a way. The cloak is a simple gift, but it is one of the few things I can offer that has any meaning. So that was his official adoption It was papers. his adoption
0: favorite. This is the cloak Dalinar was wearing in the battle. Oh! He had it mended and cleaned, and he's now presenting it to Kaladin. It doesn't
1: have he's authentic
0: battle damage he's anymore. Literally giving him the cloak oh, off his
1: back. back. Oh, I love it. Cinematic, better. Okay, so you think
0: Adolin and Kaladin are gonna butt heads at first, and then friendship become? Yeah. Um, what do you think? Because Kaladin will be protecting all of the royal family. Mm-hmm. So, I'm gonna go through everybody. Ah, how do you think Elokar and Kaladin will get along? Bad. Okay? Bad. Navani and Kaladin. Okay. Renarin and Kaladin. How...
1: Is Renarin older than Kaladin? Because I feel like... That's a good... Yes.
0: Okay. But just... They're gonna be real close in age, though, because Adolin is about... I wanna say Adolin is six or seven years older than Kaladin. Okay. So Renarin would be between two years older
1: okay. three years older i feel that kaladin would have a soft spot for him i'm not sure why okay like i don't want to be like oh because he's sick and kaladin's a healer like that's not what i yeah, mean but yeah. i feel like personality wise someone that he can intellectually talk with him about yes, stuff. because listen as much as i love rock and teft and scar and, mm-hmm. and not moash um <laughs>
0: Drahi. You, you like Drahi, the I guess armorer. I do,
1: yeah. <laughs> I don't
0: remember him. <laughs> he was the one who got... Uh, he was the apprentice armorer. Oh, he, he helped Kaladin with the perfect carapaces. his carapace
1: armor. I feel like Renarin will... Yeah, like you said, Kaladin will have him to talk to about, like, maybe philosophy or something like that. I feel like, even though <laughs> I hate Kaladin's him... Kaladin's into philosophy? Well, like, when he talks with his dad about, yeah. you know, seeing inside of a man and why didn't you kill him and, you know... I was not very... I was not very clear. Basically, I think Renarin and Kaladin are going to get along and become close like brothers. And Adolin and Kaladin are going to fight like brothers. Love it. <laughs> Thank you.
0: And, sorry, you just mentioned him, which, which reminded me. So we
1: found out what happened to Tien. hmm Oh, yeah. Where's their dad and mom? Where's Kaladin's parents? They're waiting for him to come home. Are they? I would think so. <gasps> Maybe they're in Kerbronth. Maybe they're in Kerbronth. Maybe. I just feel like what's going to happen is Kaladin's going to go home and find out his dad died the day before of a broken heart. Oh, no. That would be sad. That would be sad. Who if would I... write stuff like that? This man, Brando Sando. Thank you very much. Oh, Kaladin goes back to talk with his men. They're not in the barracks. It's empty. Although...
0: He does say compared to the bridge for Barracks.
1: Oh yes.
0: Everyone gets their own private bunk and their own chest to put their belongings. It's, it's like a palace.
1: He's like, it's luxury. And he they're not there. And at first I was like, oh, Sadius came in and assassinated them all. Like I was waiting for one last like terrible thing to happen. Um not in this chapter. They're out cooking a meal together. And like it's like old times. It's everything Kaladin has ever wanted is safety. For his bridge crew. And I loved it. And I want to jump back to the previous
0: uh, episode. We didn't really talk about this, but some bridgemen die during the attempt to rescue Dalinar. Mm -hmm. And Kaladin has a slight change of heart where he's very sad about the loss of these bridgemen. But Mm -hmm. for the first time, he's like, concentrate on the people you saved. Mm -hmm. Which is something his dad has been trying to teach him for ages.
1: Yet ends with 27 men lived. He'd finally managed to save someone. For now, that was enough. Growth, people. Growth. You don't have to accept what's going on, but you can change the way you think about it.
0: What? Okay, can we talk about Wits chapter?
1: It's not Wits chapter yet.
0: Oh, another <laughs> one? <laughs>
1: You're the one that assigned us this. I know, I know. I forget how many times we jump back to Shalana <laughs> So we we'll, So we'll go... We'll go because we kind of talked about this where where Shalon realizes like oh the parchment are everywhere this is really bad, and now that the Soulcaster is fake, she's like a home is not an option. She's like they still need me, but this is bigger, and so she decides to go with Yasna, and guess where they're going? Where are they gonna go?
2: They're gonna go see to... Gonna...
1: <laughs> okay, try again. <laughs> They're They're going to the Shattered Plane! They're going to the Shattered Plane! They're bringing all the characters together! I'm very excited. I'm very excited because guess what? Now they can fall in love and they're both trying to do the same things and save the same people and they're gonna fall in love! So, all
0: of our main characters together. I need another word for together.
1: Joined. One more. Combined. You are.
0: Whatever, we'll figure it out. United! Next... <laughs> <laughs> do you like how many? <laughs> That's what I came out. Together. <laughs> Joined. You are. I went to English
1: school. <laughs> I didn't go to art school. They're all going to be united. Yes. yes. Unite them. Mm. Oh, we find out one more thing. Yeah, we do. We find out that... Capsule was a group from a group called they called themselves Ghost Blood. Bloods. Ghost, <laughs> ghost blood. Bloods. And they found the symbol, which is like this weird diamond pattern. And all of a sudden, Shalon's just like, uh, Nan Balat showed me this a few weeks ago. And uh this was worn by my father's steward and uh also by the men who had come pressuring her family to return it, the men who had been financing Shalon's father in his bid to become High Prince. And I and I'm just like, oh my gosh, Shalon's gonna keep this a secret. No, but the very next sentence is, oh hey Yasna, I think my dad was a member of this group.
0: So the Ghostbloods are the group that are constantly trying to murder Yasna. Yeah. Woo. Okay. Now, Megan. Nope, nope, not yet. Not yet. Have to talk about, uh, because Dalinar has one more dreamless oh, storm.
1: Yes, there's a high storm. So. There's just revelation
0: after revelation. <laughs> book five is the book of revelations.
1: So I feel like this chapter was also very time loop paradoxy mm-hmm. because Dalinar comes across the voice that he's been hearing. And
0: Dalinar mentions that, oh my gosh, this was the first vision I ever had. Mm-hmm. He's having it again. Yeah. Um and you and I didn't see this first vision before. Okay. Because Alonar's mentioning, you know, he wasn't sure what was going on the first time. He thought it might have been a dream. Mm -hmm. And he, uh, when he had the vision with Noah Dawn, he was seeing the past. Yes. And he was seeing Kolinar clearly of the past. Mm -hmm. But in this vision he's having now, he is seeing the Kolinar of today, his own palace Mm -hmm. he sees.
1: And it falls into a chasm. Like, it's destroyed. Like, Arendelle should have. <laughs> everybody was out It would have been fine At, Right?
0: Why'd you get everybody out If you're just gonna save the city Did you see some of the Really great concept art In the art of book
1: <sighs> This is why we can't Have nice Things This is so we can Sell ice <laughs> Things <laughs> Okay keep going Alright um, So again We've talked about this, but I I get very confused by the time paradox loops, which is what they do. But Dalinar realizes he's been, like, it's all cylindrical? Cyclical? Cyclical. Cyclical. Basically, the words that sounded so cryptic and, like, knowledgeable to him, it was just this person talking, and this person's almost, like, in a loop. And so when, when it said, like... You know, and when Dalinar asks if he should trust Sadius, and the man's like, "Trust him," that was that didn't mean. Oh no, he didn't say trust him. Oh. So this man is talking, and Dalinar says, "Should I trust Sadius?"
0: And the man says, "Yes, this is important. Act with honor, and honor will aid you." Oh. And Dalinar took that to be trust Sadius. So Dalinar sees these visions. He can interact with these visions, and it seems like the things that he does changes them, like. Mm -hmm. He spoke with those radiance in that one vision. Yeah, and he all spoke this sort of with stuff.
1: the other dude. So yeah. he can
0: interact with most of the visions, and at the end of each one, there is a voice that
1: speaks to him. Mm-hmm. And that voice is a recorded message. It's like a, help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope mm-hmm. sort of a thing. Dalinar slowly realizes,
0: oh, this guy can't hear me. Mm-hmm. This is a pre-recorded message. Yeah.
1: And we find out that who this guy is... He says, "I am, I was God, the one you call the Almighty, the Creator of mankind." The figure closed his eyes, and now I am dead. Odium has killed me. I am sorry. Is this Yezrian? No, no. But I thought he was the All Father. Yezrian is worshipped as the Storm Father. Oh,
0: the dang Almighty it. is something different. Different. Oh, okay. when you reading, you asked me something
1: else. You asked me if this was Oh, so in Mistborn, Mistborn spoilers ahead, just so you guys know, there is a character, and I can't remember his name, who becomes God at the end of it. It takes way too long for this to happen. It's a very long book. So it was so long. How old were you when you read it? Like twenty-seven.
0: You're much more mature now. I bet you would enjoy it more.
1: (laughs) And I wondered if it was him, but um, it says, Odium has killed me. Who's Odium? To... Is he a Cosmere? You have a smile. He's a, a Cosmere. Cosmere character. That's a Cosmere
0: name. <laughs>
1: this is a Cosmere book. I know! I just mean like... So, when... You interrupt me all the time. You asked me a question. I wondered because Odium sounds like one of the metals from Mistborn. Sounds like Atium, doesn't it? Yes. So... In Mistborn, there are
0: these two beings, and we've mentioned them in this book before. Ruin and Preservation. Yes. But there are two of them. They had names before. We gotta talk about Hoyt's letter. I'm not gonna read all of it. A.T. was once a kind and generous man, and you saw what became of him. Racy, on the other hand, was among the most loathsome, crafty, and dangerous individuals I have ever met. He holds the most frightening and terrible of all the shards. Ponder on that for a time, you old reptile, and tell me if your insistence on non-intervention holds firm, because I assure you, Racy will not be similarly inhibited. One need only look at the aftermath of his brief visit to Cell to see proof of what I say. In case you've turned a blind eye to that disaster, know that Aona and Skye are both dead and that which they held has been splintered, presumably to prevent anyone from rising up to challenge race. So, wait, sorry, I'm not quite done. Sorry. So, Aona and Sky were on Cell, mm-hmm. which and is Elantris. Which is Elantris' world. Um, on Mistborn World, which is Skadriel, there were two beings there as well. One of them was 80. And I don't know the name of the other one, but they uh, had taken up this power. One of them had taken up the power called preservation, and the other one was called ruin. Mm -hmm. And ruin and preservation were two gods locked in a battle with one another. Mm -hmm. And over the course of what happens in the Mistborn trilogy, someone gets a hold of the power of both ruin and preservation and becomes a new being that's referred to as harmony. Okay. So we have people who have names and these people also have a power that is named and they end up taking on the name of that power. Okay. So I'm not we're not going to limp through me trying to <laughs> make you connect dots, but thank you. We all thank you. This is the first time you've heard the phrase odium.
1: Okay. Okay, that makes me feel better that I didn't yeah. miss anything. But it so. is connected to all the stuff I just said. Okay. So there is a big cosmic battle going on that everyone, these worlds are getting caught up in. And somebody is going from world to world and trying to destroy the beings that are there. The powerful beings that are there. And everyone else is just getting caught up in it. Mm -hmm. I hate that. So you've read all of Elantris. Yes.
0: Each of the little Mm aeons are a splinter of... The being that was shattered and splintered. Okay. So they're each a sliver of a piece of the original huge power that was on that world. Got it. Cool. Yeah.
1: Well, Meg. Yeah. We're at the epilogue. We made it to the shattered plains. <laughs> it's not the shattered plains, but uh, this is Wit's chapter.
0: Real fast though, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a thing. Okay. Back to
1: Dalinar. All right.
0: You know how the church has been a little oh, about Dalinar's visions. How are they going to react when he tells them God's dead?
1: I don't think that's something you would just go and like... Almighty, that the Vorin worship is dead. I would not bring that up at the moment. Okay. That would be my initial knee-jerk reaction. Okay. So Meg, now
0: we're at the epilogue. We made it. I feel like we fast-forwarded through a lot of stuff that this God is saying that could be... Real fast. I'm just going to sorry this is important what the almighty says you might be able to get him to choose a champion he is bound by some rules all of us are (gasps) a champion could work well for you but it is not certain and without the dawn shards well i have
1: done what i can it is a terrible terrible thing to leave you alone they need Shalon because I feel like she is so smart and clever that she would be able to figure out how to play. Because if everybody has rules and if they can figure out what those rules are, I feel like Shalon and possibly Yasna together could figure out a way to make those rules work in their favor.
0: Okay, now I'm I'm really happening. Now we're really getting to wit. Okay, and wit seems to sense something that's happening a ways
1: away. Yeah, he's uh. <laughs> he's standing does it say where he is what city he's in uh just inside Kolinar. this is dalinar's hometown Oh, dalinar's hometown. um he's there with the night watch and um being weird being real weird like real weird
0: um remember when he meet, met kaladin and kaladin was asking you know who are you what's your job and, and he says, well, I'm the king's wit. It's my job to be clever. And then Calvin says, saying confusing things <laughs> and then
1: laughing is not being clever. And so, um, yeah, he's like, wow, something has happened. And he starts asking the guards. Which I think he asks questions. Okay. Well, the question he asks is, what is it that men value in others? That is such an open-ended question because some men—I say men—I mean the all of humanity. the people, humanity. Money for some would be that's what they value the most. Others would be time. Others would be music. Others would be art. Like there's no one answer, and wit like people say like oh, I think it's easy. It's like it's not that this reminds me of a scene in the fourth
0: dresden book summer Uh night when he's going to talk to the fairy queens Uh and they ask him what is more valuable the body or the soul and he's like i don't know (laughs) uh who's asking and they're like we are asking he says okay who are you asking they're like we're asking you and he's like well and harry dresden finally says If you ask an old man, he will say the soul is more important. If you ask a man about to be burned alive, he would say the body. And they're like, I can't remember what they say about the answer, but they're like, that is a clever answer. And he's like, well, it's a stupid question. (laughs) So listen, I want to see Harry Dresden and Wit interact.
1: Oh, that would be great! I feel like Harry could get under Wit's skin. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Wit, I think, has... Okay. Let me talk something through for a second. Wit has not been challenged in a while. I feel like if he were ever to find someone who not could match wits with him, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. but who could entertain him, I feel like that person would get kidnapped really fast.
0: I feel like he'd break the Horner pact for them. (laughs) It's mentioned that the guards only tolerate this because he has light blue eyes. Oh, that's
1: right. And so people can get away with a lot of weird stuff that way.
0: Yeah. You asked me back during the feast scene if wit was a light eyes or not
1: and this is the confirmation this is the confirmation
0: i'm like nobody Mm -hmm. specifically says it but they all treat him like he is a light eyes Mm -hmm. and i wonder can a dark-eyed man be the king's wit
1: interesting i I would think no just because if he's supposed to be the king's like belongs to the king I would think they'd have to be light eyes. So I remember the first time I was reading this. Uh
0: I had devoured the whole book in, like, two sittings. Mm -hmm. I was up way late at night, and I get to this chapter, and I'm like, what is he even talking about? (laughs) This is balderdash.
1: And then the event happens. Emily, who shows up? Well... He says his name is Telenel Elen, Stone Sinew, Herald of the Almighty. And I went, Megan, is Telenel Telenelat? And she said, yes, he made it out of hell. So, so the cycles, sorry, I'm yelling. The cycles have started again. Did he crawl his way out of hell? Because he has a sword and he looks crazy. And he looks like bad
0: news. So he it starts with him pounding on the door. Yeah. Guards are freaking out. He cuts through it with a shard blade. He has dark skin. His hair is all matted. He's wet. And that's the thing. It's not raining right now. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, I was
1: afraid for a minute he was drenched
0: in blood. His muscles glistened wet as if he'd just swum a great distance. To his side, he carried a massive shard blade. And Wit says, welcome, lost one. Emily, how long has Talenolat been?
1: 5,000 years. Yeah. So he just busted out. He just
0: busted oh. out. Now, forget what this book has defined them as. Okay.
1: What in our world does a herald do? They bring news of stuff. So is that his role as herald? He's heralding the desolation? They are heralding the desolation. Oh, no. We're going to
0: jump back to the prologue and talk a little bit. Sorry, the prelude. Um, and talk a little bit about being sent down there. He would be back now in the place where they went between desolations.
1: So they only get cracked back out once a desolation occurs. Oh, so him coming didn't trigger desolation. The desolation triggered him escaping. Yeah. Okay. So the signs
0: are happening and the storm is coming and people who know what's up know what's up. Mm -hmm. And then the heralds would be, theoretically, the heralds are released out of this hellscape. Mm -hmm. So what triggers
1: a desolation? But you know what? We don't know yet. Be interesting.
0: Do you think someone could trigger a desolation on purpose? I bet they could. Just saying, they could. And he he passes out. But anyway, Wit says, "What is it we value? Innovation, originality, novelty, but most importantly, timeliness." I fear you may be too late, my confused, unfortunate friend. So, at the beginning, it used to be that. Every time you died, sorry, these heralds, every time they died, they got sent to this place, Mm -hmm. and they would stay there until a new desolation started. Every time they died, they got sent to this place, and they would stay there until a new desolation started. And two of the heralds we meet at the beginning, Yezrian and Kalak, Yazrin relays, uh, they've made a decision to willfully not go back, Mm -hmm. but hopefully as long as one of them is in there, Taln, who fell during the battle in the Mm -hmm. prelude that the promise will hold the cycle will hold mm-hmm.
1: so we're ending this book and i'm going to ask you what have the other heralds been doing well they i know they went their separate ways they don't they don't have like a fraternity house that they all hang out mm-hmm. in i mean if you are a being with immense power are you going to pull a thanos and go live in a hut and like like ponder on the universe are you going to live among people like I would think after a while that would be too hard if everyone that you like lived around died Mm -hmm. on a regular basis I don't know if they can like sleep for a hundred years at a time or if you know they're just the weird village Obi-Wan Kenobi I I don't know what they've been doing I would hope that they would be doing something to keep the desolations from happening. I'd hope that. But they, they seem to think that like, oh, town being in hell should be enough. Which is a terrible thing to do to a friend. Yeah. Bury a friend.
0: Ah.
1: <laughs> do you think we've seen any in the book? I bet we have. Okay. I don't know who, but I bet we have. It wouldn't surprise me if we had. All right.
0: I'm going to finish this up by reading aloud the end note. Okay. Above silence, the illuminating storms. Dying storms illuminate the silence above.
1: That's the chapter titles.
0: Yeah. The above sample is noteworthy as it is a ketek, a complex form of holy voran poem. The ketek not only reads the same forward and backwards, allowing for the alteration of verb forms, but is also divisible into five distinct smaller sections, each of which makes a complete thought. Those were the... The five smaller sections were parts one through five. The complete poem must form a sentence that is grammatically correct and theoretically poignant in meaning. Because of the difficulty in constructing a Ketek, the structure was once considered the highest and most impressive form of all of foreign poetry. The fact that this one was uttered by an illiterate, dying Herdasian in a language he barely spoke should be of particular note. There is no record of this particular Ketic in any repository of Voron poetry, so it is very unlikely that the subject was merely repeating something he'd once heard. None of the ardents we showed it to had any knowledge of it, though three did praise its structure and ask to meet the poet.
2: Hmm.
0: We leave it to his majesty's mind on a strong day to puzzle out the meaning of why the storms might be important and what the poem may mean by indicating that there is silence both above and below said storms. Yoshur, head of His Majesty's Silent Gatherers, Tatanative 1173.
1: Which Majesty? I'm guessing Tanginarian? Tangerine? Teravangian. That's
0: the one. This is a dying word. Okay. This is one of the dying words that were collected okay. by the Silent Gatherers. And then the last things we're going to do to wrap up is I'm going to show you this table for the Ars Arcanum. Mm -hmm. So here are the ten essences, um, which is something that soul casting that Yasna and Shalan have talked about. So there are ten essences. There are ten gemstones. They're each tied to. Mm -hmm. So emerald, pulp. Emerald is what's used to soul cast food. Okay. And so this is a... uh, Let's see. The preceding list is an imperfect gathering of traditional Voren symbolism associated with the ten essences. Bound together, these form the double eye of the Almighty, an eye with two pupils representing the creation of plants and creatures. Cool. That's what the two pupils represent.
1: I was wondering, the keyhole eyes. This is
0: also the basis for the hourglass shape that was associated with the night's Okay. I'm not certain yet how the ten levels of void binding... Or its cousin, the old magic, fit into this paradigm, if indeed they can. My research suggests that, indeed, there should be another series of abilities that is even more esoteric than the void bindings. Perhaps the old magic fits into those. So at the very end of the book, there's a little bit of magical definitions and things. Mm -hmm. And this is a Cosmere Meta thing. There is... A scholar, not, okay, Brandon actually writes these, but there is a character within the Cosmere that travels around and collects information on the magic systems of each world. Cool. And they are the one who write these notes at the end of each book. So if you go to the end of a Mistborn book, it'll talk about what they've discovered in their research there. So, okay. so everything in this book is an in-story artifact. It's That's not cool. like, hey, Brandon here, here's some stuff. So there's things about the different types of fabrials. I think you might have some questions about that. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to read you one last thing. Wind running and lashings. Reports of the Assassin and White's odd abilities have led me to some sources of information that I believe are generally unknown. The Windrunners were an order of the Knights Radiant, and they made use of two primary types of surge binding. The effects of these surge binding were known colloquially among the members of that order as the three lashings. Oh and then it has the definitions of what Seth did in the Kaladin
1: and Seth the same radiance? kaladin and set the same radiance we'll have to see so that was book one so now we can go into words of radiance we're gonna do warbreaker i want to go to words of radiance i know
0: but i want you to read warbreaker it's one of my favorites okay uh it got very poo-pooed in my small fandom circle when i was first getting into brandon sanderson they're like i don't know Warbreaker's just kind of too girly for me and i'm like You read about the zombie squirrel, right? (laughs) (laughs) I like Warbreaker. It's good as a standalone, even if you're not, like, a a Cosmere deep dive scholar. Um, But I also really like the sisters story.
1: Sisters. Sisters.
0: So, next week, our next episode, we're going to do Warbreaker Part 1 and Warbreaker Part 2 as two separate episodes. So, okay. Okay. Let me, here's our schedule for in between books.
1: Always. We're splitting.
0: No, never. never. We're splitting Warbreaker into two readings. We're going to do two Warbreaker episodes, the first half and the second half, AKA what Emily's already read and what <laughs> Emily hasn't read. And then after that, I'm thinking of doing a mailbox episode.
1: So, I so, just want to read Words of Radiance.
0: Forget the mailbox episode. <laughs> we're just going to get started at Words of Radiance. If you're a friend of the pod, Ted. Bridgeford discord y'all know who you are uh any of our unspoiled discord listeners as well you can message me questions to ask (laughs) emily and maybe we'll combine that with
1: our words of radiance first that sounds great i would do that for sure
0: thank you so much
1: but uh i want to get back to watching our i also want to get back to watching (laughs) our okay
0: i love you ready i believe in you break we did it we We did 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 it let's finish the book
1: Can you believe? Can you believe? I cannot believe we finished all of The Way of Kings. And I'm super ready to get into the next book. But we are actually going to do, like we said in in earlier in the episode, we're going to do a quick in-between episode where Megan introduces me to m- some more of the Cosmere. We're going to be reading Warbreaker with friend of the pod, Ted. Hi, Ted. So excited to record with you. So once we get that done and put up, we will get right into Words of Radiance. So don't go anywhere because this podcast is not going anywhere and we will continue on until, until forever, and as long as we can keep someone's attention, even if it's just our own. We hope all of you have had a wonderful week, Copper. Okay, listen, I have created my own monster. I understand this. I take responsibility for this. But I just want to eat my dinner one day without my dog sitting there thinking that he also gets some and to whine and whine and whine until I inevitably cave and give him a tiny, very tiny, tiny bit of my dinner. But you got to chill for one second, dog, while I do this. Uh, thanks again to Michael Biancardi for the use of his song, A Passing Storm. It's perfect for this podcast and for all our other podcasts and we really appreciate it. Speaking of our other podcasts, you can catch us next Thursday, that is going to be June 2nd, uh, for our next Roswell episode, where we start, man, I don't, I cannot believe how well this is matching up. We start the next season of Roswell, so we're starting the new season of Roswell season 2, And we're going to be starting Words of Radiance soon. I just love that it's matching up. But that is going to happen on June 2nd. And then our Warbreaker episode comes out on June 9th. That's a Thursday. We always post on Thursdays. Um, We may actually start switching it up a little bit because we started a new piece of media. Megan is making me view... HBO Max's Our Flag Means Death, and we are going to start posting that shortly. We will keep you informed and let you know when that happens. Um, Pretty much, I hope your week is fabulous. I hope you get the thing that you are waiting for, whether it's the email, the phone call, whatever. I just, I am just putting out into the universe. Please, please let our listeners have a good week. Please, that's all we want. Please, please, please. Anyways, we will see you guys next time. And just remember we believe in you.